it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. Over the next 15 or so minutes, we'll be chatting up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent. My name is Tim Allenball, and after breaking their three-game skid with a win against Georgia Tech, the hurricane warning flags have officially been raised at Doak as the Seminoles prepare for a primetime matchup with the Miami Hurricanes. To help fans prepare us for this matchup, we'll spend the next few minutes breaking down the Canes with Adam Lichtenstein with the Sun Sentinel. Hey, Adam, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. It's my first year on the beat, so I'm ready for my first uh, FSU Miami game. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those situations where you never know what you're going to get. I remember two years ago, Miami just beat the the doors off of Florida State in the game, and uh, it, it looked like it should have been another win for Miami last year, and, and Florida State pulled it off. Uh, I'm hoping not to see a reverse of that this weekend, but we'll <laughs> definitely see. So, uh well, let's just jump right into it. You know, Miami heads into Saturday night, uh, the game at, at a 500 record at four and four. Um, I mean, to say that the fans have been underwhelmed for Miami is probably an understatement. I know it's it's definitely always a crazy environment. Um, through the first eight games, Mario Cristobal, how would you grade how he's handled this season so far? Where has he succeeded? Where has he failed? How are you feeling about uh, old Coach Cristobal? Uh, well, the big success so far has been off the field. It's been the recruiting class. You know, the 2022 class, he only had, uh, for the early signing period, like a week and a half, I think, to sign sign players, get them committed. Uh, and then, you know, only about two months or so until National, National Signing Day. That class ended up going from, like, I think in the 60s nationally to, like, 12. Uh, so he did a great job there. And he's done a great job with the 2023 class. Uh, just got a commitment from Cormani McLean, like one of the top players in the country. So, uh, his biggest success has come off the field. 
Um, on the field, obviously, you know, four and four, not where most people, myself included, thought they'd be. Um, you know, I think I predicted them to go nine and three this year. So they're already, you know, worse than my expectations. But, you know, you kind of wonder, is that is that on, you know, outsiders like myself and other people in the media and fans for putting those expectations on them? Or, you know, is it just the team playing under what they should or worse than what they should be doing? Maybe a little bit of both. So overall, I mean, I'd probably give Cristobal an overall grade of C, um, you know, an A for what he's done recruiting wise, which is, you know, a big strength of his and maybe like a, like a D plus for what's happened on the field. And there have been some good moments and there have been some, some really, really bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I usually like to start with the offensive side of the ball in, in these conversations, but I really wanted to change it up and focus on Miami's defense because I, I they confuse me a little bit because sometimes I think they're really good um, and that they don't quite get the credit they deserve. To your point, uh, there's been some good and some bad this season, and the defense has really had its share of that. I mean, they held Virginia to just 12. North Carolina's had a really potent offense, and they were held to 27, and some of that was in the late part of the game. But they also allowed 45 points to Middle Tennessee and to also to Duke. So which version of this Miami defense is closer to the truth? Well, yeah, it's funny that you say that. It's a, it's been a confusing season. Um, it seems like they fix one issue and a new one immediately crops up. It's been kind of strange. Um, I honestly, I do think the the North Carolina defense, you know, giving only twenty seven points to North Carolina and holding Virginia to you know no touchdowns and only twelve points is probably closer to their their you know if you want to say a true you know talent level. They are a good defense. Um, the North, like, there's always, it's not, it's going to sound a little bit like excuses, but, like, weird things happen. Um, the Middle Tennessee State game, it, all the yardage, or maybe not all the yardage, but, you know, a good chunk of the yardage came on, like, three or four bad, uh, bad, bad big plays that they gave up. Uh, and against Duke, they gave up 45 points, but if you look at and see how Duke got the ball for those drives, there were 31 points off of Miami turnovers. They turned the ball over eight times in that game. It was truly astounding i would never seen that before but um they yeah they seen it all over eight times so duke had good field position they got the ball a lot um but so we so strange things like that have happened in some of those games and when things are going normally um they're a pretty solid defense so um, i think that's probably closer to where they actually are but you know you never know fluke things happen big plays happen busted coverages happen so um they've been better on the big play side of things, they've been better lately, it seems like. Uh, they gave up a couple against Virginia, but not too many, and they kept still kept them out of the end zone. Yeah, I, I misspoke on the North Carolina game. Most of those points were at the beginning of the game, and then the defense right. really really cracked down there. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, to your point, I do think going into, into Saturday night's game, um, I, I think Florida State could have a tough, a tough road on, on offense, but we'll definitely see what happens. But sticking on the defense um, – I like to see which players when I'm looking at a team I, I would love to have at Florida State. And definitely Leonard Taylor jumps out on the defensive line. Um, he's a stud there, but he also isn't playing what I would consider a, a, a high number of snaps each game. I think he's obviously progressing more and more. But what are your overall thoughts on the defensive line for Miami? Uh, is this the strength of Miami's defense? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, they brought in a bunch of transfers to kind of help fortify that line. Uh, Jake Lichtenstein, 
no relation. Um, they brought him in from USC. Uh, Mitchell Agude from UCLA, Akeem Mesador from West Virginia, uh, Antonio Moultrie from UAB. I may be forgetting someone. They have so many transfers. Um, and then they, you know, fortified. They had some young guys, uh, Nigel Kelly, a uh, local guy from South Florida. He's had a good start to the year. And, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Leonard Taylor's having an amazing season. The other guys on the interior uh, part of the line, like Daryl Jackson, another transfer that I almost forgot. Uh, Jar- Jared Harrison Hunt, like the line, the line's pretty stacked, which is part of the reason why Leonard Taylor hasn't played so many snaps. They're, they very frequently rotate people in, trying to keep everyone fresh. Um, I think he played 30 snaps, which I think is a season high last week. I'd have to double check that, but he had a you know decent amount of playing time. And in that, those 30 snaps, he had an, a huge impact of six tackles, four tackles for loss, a sack and a half, like just an extremely, extremely disruptive player. Um, you know, former five-star guy, uh, only a sophomore. And he kind of, sh- he's had flashes in his career so far where he'll make a big play. He'll just blow through an offensive line. But then, you know, you don't hear much from him the rest of the game. Uh, he really put it together last week. Uh, now, Virginia doesn't have the most amazing offensive line in the world, but, you know, he did what he should do and, and more. I mean, he had an amazing game. I think, like, pro football focus, you know, if you subscribe to their, you know, how they grade players, like, he was one of the best defensive players in the country last week. Um, so he has, he has the potential to be an incredible player. Uh, an interesting thing about him, we just, you know, learned this over the last two days. Uh, about three weeks ago, he had a meeting with Mario Cristobal, uh, the defensive coaches, and his mom. Uh, they all kind of sat down. They talked about his film and talked about what he needed to improve off the field to get better on the field, you know, nutrition-wise, you know, studying up on, on film and things like that. And it seemed like, you know, Leonard Taylor said, we spoke to him on Tuesday, that he really took it to heart and said, basically, if I want to make it to the NFL, if that's my goal, I have to do better and work harder. Um, and those impacts, the, the, the results of that, he took it to heart, and it paid off so far. I mean, he's had two really good games in a row. He's, I mean, like I said, last week had an amazing game, so – um, if he's, if he's going to keep doing that, he'll be, I mean, he could be, I mean, I don't want to go crazy, but like one of the best defenders in the country, if he does keep this up. Uh, it's a little scary to hear. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't put it all together this week, <laughs> but, uh, definitely painful for you to, to hear you say that Nigel Kelly is doing well, uh, as he was a yep. former Florida state commit. So fans, I'm sorry that you had to hear that. Um, Miami's defense overall at times is very susceptible to the explosive play. You, you kind of referenced that Middle Tennessee State or Middle Tennessee game where I think there were four plays of over like 70 yards or something insane yeah. like that. Where would you put more of the blame? Do you think that's on the linebackers or do you think it's on the secondary? And, and who do you think needs to step up back there? Um, it's been kind of, it's on, on both, I would say. Um, I think there was one play against Middle Tennessee where Corey Flagg just like whiffed on a tackle and the guy ended up running for like, like 80 yards. And I think he got down to less than two and they scored like a play or two later. Um, there have been some issues with busted coverages where, you know, people get mixed up or, you know, a receiver just blows by his cornerback. That's happened a few times. Happened, I think, against Middle Tennessee. I think it happened against UNC. And I think once against Virginia. But um, it's been kind of weird because, like I said, it's been a bit of a strange season. It's been a little bit of everything. Like they fix one thing, another thing goes wrong. So um, there's no one coverage or one cornerback really been picked on um it's just been everyone makes like one mistake or two mistakes over the course of like three or four games and you know it ends up with you know a couple big plays that end up really really affecting the game i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I I kind of know that feeling all too well at Florida State, (laughs) although we've been kind of the opposite, not giving up a lot of explosive plays, but the confusion and just allowing easy plays to pick up first downs, that's happened a lot. Um, Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. I think this is where it really gets interesting. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, both have been the quarterback. Uh, Garcia more because of the injury. Uh, Both have struggled this year. Uh, But if we have to really break it down, this is still – uh, Tyler's team, right? And is he going to be healthy on Saturday? Oh, that's a $64,000 question. Um, the Hurricanes are pretty coy about injuries. Um, you know, we spoke to Mario Cristobal earlier today, today's Wednesday. Um, and he was, you know, he's asked about Tyler Bendike. He gets asked about Tyler Bendike, you know, every press conference since he got hurt against Duke. Um, and he said he's looking better. He, I think he has been practicing a bit. Um, the question is, you know, whether they decide he's healthy enough to play, if he, you know, if he's good to go. Um, if he is, then he'll play. Um, if he's not, we'll see Jake Garcia again. Um, I definitely still think it is, you know, it's Tyler Van Dyke's team. Um, you know, we'll see how things go. There's, you know, four more games left in the season. You know, we'll see how many of those he plays. So uh, I can't say for sure that he won't play. Uh, my, if I lean towards Jake Garcia, probably gets to start again. Um, I, I think they're going to take it slow with Tyler Van Dyke. They're, they've, you know, preached when other guys have gotten hurt and when Tyler got hurt that, like, they're going to put players health first and, you know, Tyler Van Dyke has, you know, NFL potential, NFL draft, you know, dreams. I think that if he's too hurt to play, you know, they might not, you know, push him too much. But, you know, we're gonna, we'll are we'll see on Saturday. Uh, they're, you know, like I said, they're pretty coy about it. Did, uh, did very similar to Florida State, did you ever get an official diagnosis on, on Van Dyke? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> the old, Just the going off what I thought. Body. It looked like his uh, arm or, or probably his shoulder, but yeah. no, no official diagnosis, uh, just uh, an injury. Yeah, the old upper body injury. Perfect. All yeah. right. Um, speaking of health, uh, I think Miami has Xavier Restrepo back. Is that wide receiver wide receiver room finally healthy? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, until until Saturday, you know, afternoon when somebody doesn't warm up or something. But um, right. yeah, Restrepo's back. He he, you know, the first two games of the year, he was Tyler Van Dyke's security blanket. Like he was the go-to guy, led the team in, in receiving yards uh, through the, his first two games before he got hurt. He only played uh, a handful of snaps last week. They're kind of getting him reacclimated onto, you know, into the swing of things. But if he's healthy and ready to go, he he can be a really dangerous weapon in that slot receiver role. You know, he can get open. He's a really good, a solid receiver, good hands, and he'll get he'll get you 10, 15 yards. Like he's a really solid guy. Whether you know Tyler Van Dyke starting or Jake Garcia starting, you know, if he's healthy, that's a that's a it's a really big addition for the Hurricanes again because he's a really solid player. Uh, at the running back position, I, you know, Jalen Knighton is obviously flirting with the transfer portal. There were, you know, announcements that he's in there, but yet Cristobal is still talking about him. Uh, but this really looks like this has turned into Henry Parrish Jr.'s backfield. Um, what's been the main difference between these two guys? Um, well, they really praised Henry Parrish's ability, his hard running ability. And he's been, like you said, he's become their go-to back. Um, He's had some really good games. He, he had a little bit of injury issues, I want to say, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. All the time starting to run together now that we're just deep into the season. Um, but, yeah, he's a really hard runner. He can be electric with the ball in his hands. Uh, yeah, Jalen Knighton, he's, he's had his struggles. Um, 
You know, he hasn't had really a, a great game this year. He's had some issues with fumbles um, that kind of seen him take a backseat even more so to Henry Parrish. But yeah, they, they love Henry Parrish. I mean, uh, Kevin Smith, the UM running backs coach, was Henry Parrish's running backs coach at Ole Miss last year. So they go back a while. Like, uh, so they just they really like, like what he brings to the team. They like him in the passing game, too. Um, and he's just been really, he's been nothing but solid for them this year. Um, final offensive question. This is a question I, I am always curious about and really want to know is, is how is Miami's offensive line? I, I, is, if I'm looking at Florida State's defense, the defensive line's probably their strongest unit. Uh, them are the linebackers. Is this an area that Florida State can take an advantage of on Saturday, the offensive line? Yeah, I think so. Um, they, the Hurricanes line's been really hit hard by injuries. I think probably most teams have had some offensive line injuries at this point in the year, but um, they've lost their left tackles. Ion Nelson was getting, you know, draft buzz before the season. He had off-season surgery, slow to come back to, you know, into the season, played in two games and hasn't played since. He had a, like the, the only diagnosis we really got is that he had a setback. Um, so it's unsure whether or unclear whether he'll play again this year. Um, so I wouldn't expect him to play this weekend, but it's been kind of a game-to-game thing for him. Um, but Chris Bell said he's not sure if he'll play again. Uh, guard Justice Ola was Sean's out with a significant injury. Again, no diagnosis, but to quote significant. Um, Ja'Kai Clark, the center, has been banged up. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I'm probably forgetting. Some, they've, they've had some They've had some injuries. Backup center Jonathan Dennis, who came in when Ja'Kai Clark got hurt, he's out right now. So they've been they've been pretty banged up, and they haven't really been getting the push they really want. They did better last week. Um, last week, I think they had their best run blocking grade in weeks, their best pass block, pass blocking grade from Pro Football Focus in weeks. So they did better last week, and Virginia's defensive line is is decent, so that's saying something. But they've they've really struggled uh, for a good part of the year, especially in run blocking. If you look at you know Miami's rushing yards per game, uh, started off pretty good, and then just took a nosedive through the middle of the season. And then, I guess, it improved last week. Uh, Henry Parrish hit over 100 yards last week. So, um, a little better last week. So, we're going to have to see if that kind of if that continues into into this game because they've, they've had their issues this year. Uh, a personal favorite. Is Jalen Rivers getting – he's getting some playing time on the offensive line, right? Yep. Yeah, he's, he's starting at left guard. Yeah, another name that Florida State was after at some <laughs> point in recruiting. But, uh, okay, uh, finally that's – how, that's, how, that's how it goes in Florida. It is, and uh, unfortunately, Florida State has is lost quite a bit of those over the last few years in their struggles. But hey, bouncing back, got high keen this year. Hopefully, that sticks. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, finally, give me your prediction for uh, Saturday night. Is Florida State going to reach bowl eligibility against their rivals, or does Miami pull a similar game to last year to Florida State and pull off the upset? Um, I I do think Florida State wins. Uh, Miami just had too many issues. Like I said, one thing gets fixed, it seems like another thing pops up immediately. And even though they won last week, their offense was was tough to watch for a good part of the game. They they didn't score even though they won fourteen to twelve. Uh, none of those fourteen points were on touchdowns. Uh, all field goals and then a two point conversion in quadruple overtime. So it's hard to be in you know pick a team that literally did not score a touchdown last week. Uh, so I, I do think they'll their offense will be better than last week, especially if you know Tyler Van Dyke plays and that's a big step up. I don't think Jay Garcia. Maybe he had some. He said he wasn't nervous last week. But it's his first college start, and he still has to adjust to, you know, playing a whole game. It's his first time playing a whole college game. So I think they will be improved regardless of whether Garcia or Van Dyke starts. But I think it's going to be a tough a tough road to, to go down. Um, so I, I think FSU wins. But it's a crazy rivalry game. You know, it's a cliche to say, you know, throw out the records or whatever when rivals play. But 
there, there's something to that. So you never know. And it's a home game for Miami. So you never know. All right. Well, well, I, I really appreciate it, Adam. But uh, before our guests leave, I always like to have a little bit of fun. So uh, I like to do a choose your own adventure question. Let you, uh, I'll give you three topics. You uh, choose where you want the question from and we'll go from there. So okay. uh, three categories. Number one, professional wrestling. Number two, TV slash streaming. And number three, the Wayne, the Rock Johnson movies. Um, well, I don't watch wrestling and I haven't seen a ton of the Rock's movies. So I'll go with uh, TV and streaming. All right. It, that's a fan favorite. Everybody likes to pick that one. So uh, what are you watching, Adam? Uh, what am I watching right now? Well, I, I just finished uh, House of the Dragon when it ended, uh, which I love. I'm a big, big Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones guy. Um, recently watched uh, Dairy Girls, which is on Netflix. It's a, it's a sitcom about uh, teenage girls growing up in the, during the Troubles in Northern Ireland, which sounds dark and it, sometimes it is but it's a hysterical show uh, it's really really good and um i'm also a big horror movie guy so i'm actually watching on shutter uh 101 scariest movie moments so trying to finish that even though halloween already passed uh trying to finish that up as well i i'm i have i am typing in dairy girls right now to see what this is so uh i may have to give that a try where are you at in the 101 uh scares on shutter um, I'm still, I'm still pretty far up. I'm at like a 65, I think. Um, so I only watched it the first episode. I realized I had to subscribe to Shutter to get yeah. the rest of it. And I was like, well, I'll do the trial and just knock these out in a, in a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way with Shutter. I don't have my subscription, but I, I, I sometimes toy with that trial. Um, one house of the dragon, uh, question, um, are, are you team, uh, green or team black? I'm, I mean, primarily team everyone here sucks, but everyone here is a terrible person. <laughs> but uh, in terms of enjoyment, I'm probably team black uh, because Damon, I love Matt Smith, uh, big Doctor Who fan, uh, loved him in The Crown. So I'm a big fan of his. So uh, anytime Damon Targaryen's on screen, I'm, I'm living my best life. Yeah, I, I've, I haven't read Song of Ice and Fire, but I, I have read some of the, the wiki articles and I feel like the show is trying to make some of these characters even more likable than they are because oh, like you oh, said, sure. everybody is just terrible human beings. For sure. Yeah. I, I read the book series after the show ended. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. Let me read the actual series. And surely by the time I finish, he'll, he'll that George R. R. Martin will announce when, <laughs> uh, when Winds of Winter is coming out. Of course he will. It's been so long and you know, yeah. three years later, not so much, but and I read Fire and Blood, which, uh, kind of a weirder read. It's just like a, it reads like a history textbook because that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but it's really fascinating. So I do know what's coming for the most part, uh, but I'm still extremely psyched to to watch it. Well, Adam, I really appreciate it. I, thanks for the Miami information. Thanks for the uh, House of the Dragon information. But before you get out of here, take a moment, tell everybody where they can find more about you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at A.B. Lichtenstein. Um, with all my House of the Dragon takes, all my Miami takes, all my uh, Taylor Swift takes, like I, I tweet my treat my Twitter, kind of like open tweet about what I'm thinking and stuff most of the time. So a lot of stuff there, and you can read uh, everything I write uh, at sunsentinel.com. Well, Adam, I really appreciate it. Thank you for educating me on pronouncing pronouncing your name correctly before we got started, because I definitely would not have got that. But uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it. Um, I've been uh, I I. I just actually followed you on Twitter, but have been reading your takes for a while. 
I don't know how I did that, but you're always in my newsfeed with everybody tweeting and retweeting you. So I'm way too online. Yeah, (laughs) I know that feeling. Well, uh, (laughs) thanks so much. We'll see what happens Saturday night. But for Adam Lichtenstein, I am Tim Allenball with Tomahawk Nation. This has been the Line of Scrimmage podcast. We shall catch you next week.